0: To Red Couch Max, I'm Carl Masquerinus, and today is the first time we will be running an episode without Vivek Jacob, who is enjoying a well-deserved break as he is spending some time with his family and enjoying an Easter feast. And uh, happy Easter to all those celebrating! Instead, we have a guest today, and I am joined by Barth Kanna, a lifelong United fan and an avid listener of the show.
1: Welcome, Barth. Thank you very much, Carl, for having me. A uh, very happy Easter indeed. Uh, definitely big shoes to fill in uh, with, with uh, Vivek and not around. Uh, I've been listening to your podcast uh, since you guys released. Uh, when about, was this like, uh, was it October or September yeah. of last year?
0: It was October of last
1: year. Wow. Time, time really flies and been enjoying, uh, you know, the way both Vivek and you break down the games, Um uh, talk about, uh, bring about a lot of uh, interesting talking points both on and off the field. And uh, yeah, very happy to be part of uh, uh, part of this episode.
0: Thanks for joining us, Bharat. I know it's uh, Easter Sunday, so there's a lot of things that you could be doing. So uh, I know we're both in good moods after the result today. United uh, coming out on top with a 2-1 victory, adding a little bit of uh, a gap between Leicester City and third place. Before we break down the game, why don't you give fans a little bit of insight into how you actually became a Manchester United fan?
1: Yeah, definitely. like as as you would know, uh, I grew up in Kenya. It's uh, you know Africa is a, a football mad continent. And this goes back to um, the spring of ninety 96 when Manchester United were playing Liverpool in the FA Cup final. One of my best friends uh, at that time. Uh, happened to be a huge Manchester United fan. Has uh, he had an older brother, and I guess that rubbed off onto him. And it so happened during the eve of this uh, FA Cup final, I was playing football with you know my friend at the back of his uh, uh, his garden, and he was going on and on about what what if, you know there was a huge soccer game that was about to happen. Now I was I used to, as any other kid, like kicking a ball, but had never sort of followed. Uh, any, uh, any football prior to this. So this was all great to my ears when he kept going on about this United Liverpool game. So once I got back home, I was like, okay, let's. Uh, he he's definitely raised my curiosity. So let's see what this uh, game's all about. So I switched on the TV, and little do I know uh, that that would uh, that that would change the rest of uh, you know my my life. Or have a huge influence uh, on the rest of my life. And while watching the game, there was, um, there was this one particular player that uh, was sort of tormenting all the players on the left side of the flank. Uh, he had his iconic uh, zigzag runs in and out, wearing the number 11 jersey uh, at the back of his, uh, um, his shirt. And uh, as we know, his, uh, his, his name is Ryan Giggs. He, he definitely like mesmerized me the way he was taking on players with such ease. Uh, and as I, I could make out that the players that really excited me were you know uh, players who were quick but also very technical. and he seemed to have that. And of course, uh, I'm just naming Ryan Giggs on that field. Um, um, the rest of that uh, pitch was full of superstars, as we would all get to know the class of 92 years, uh, you know years down the line. So it was nil-nil. Um, you know, it was a t- it was a tight game, from what I recall. And um, the last ten minutes, um, a nice in-swinging cross from David Beckham at that point through a corner. Out comes David James, punches the ball, and it lands onto the feet of Eric Cantina And Cantina takes a step behind before uh, taking a first-time volley, and boom, went in into the goal. And seeing the way they celebrated after that. And of course the sort of interest I had in, you know, uh, seeing the way Ryan Giggs played, I think that just took on, um, it, it just sort of took on uh, a huge part of uh, my life after that. Uh there was a, of, my very next step I did was, you know, purchased a Manchester United jersey, had the Ryan Giggs number on it. And 25 years later, still following the team. Um, um, so it's, it's it's been an interesting journey. Of course, the last eight years have been a little bit more challenging as a fan. But, you know, that that's where a loyal fan comes. Uh, you stick with your team through thick and thin.
0: Yeah, bro, that's uh, I, I definitely remember that FA Cup final. I think uh, that was the famous or infamous one where Liverpool wore their white all white suits before the game, wasn't it? Where uh... They were then made fun of. I, I remember that Robbie Fowler sp- sporting uh, his blonde pips, I think it was. And uh, I, I definitely remember that Eric Cantona finished. So that's that's a fantastic story. I know, you know, Bharat, you and me also go way back to our university days where that's where we both were United fans and watched a lot of the games together. So definitely uh, great hearing that story. There were certainly elements... That I didn't know before so uh definitely learned something new today as well and how you became a United fan that's fantastic
1: it's always interesting how you know uh, one gets involved in supporting various teams and uh, yeah as you can relate I know you also sort of spent some time in Africa and Nigeria so you can definitely relate to how soccer that uh, that whole sort of continent is
0: most definitely now, speaking of soccer mad, let's why don't we get right into the game and break it down. This was a 2-1 result. Uh, Brighton open the scoring in the 13th minute from old boy Danny Welbeck with a nice uh, header. Uh, fantastic cross into the box on the right-hand side. Uh, evaded uh, Victor Lindelof and uh, Danny Welbeck with a header. Very smart save from Dean Henderson. Unfortunately, the rebound went right back to Danny Welbeck, who... Uh, headed it back into the net, 1-0 to Brighton. It was pretty flat from United in the first half. Second half, though, things changed. United got their equalizer in the 62nd minute with an exquisite finish from Marcus Rashford from a really nice Bruno Fernandes pass. And then in the 82nd minute, Mason Greenwood with a diving header to bag the three points for United with a 2-1 victory. Now, before we get into the actual game, Bharat, were there any surprises with the starting lineup with United?
1: To be honest, uh, not really based on, um, you know, the injuries that we have. Uh, So, Cavani was back um, with with Martial um, looking to be off for what Ole might say the rest of the the remainder of the season. Greenwood on the right also made a bit of sense with, I think, uh, Daniel James coming back from international duty. Um, good to see Pogba get a uh, slot in straight, straight in. Uh, it was interesting though, to see that uh, when, uh, you know, typically Solskjaer has put in uh, two defensive midfielders and he normally goes with either um, two out of the three between Fred McTominay and um, Matic. And this time he sort of um, just went with one of those uh, defensive midfielders and slotted Pogba next to them. So uh, that perhaps could, uh, uh, it would be a welcoming change, if if any.
0: Yeah, you know what? For me, the biggest surprise in the game was Dean Henderson starting. I thought, you know, David de Gea now with the birth of his child is back, uh, went through the quarantine period, and everything was good to go. And I, I actually expected him to start. And it was Dean Henderson that got the nod. Do you think it's a, a changing of the guard here, where uh, Dean Henderson is now the number one?
1: Uh, you know that's a that's actually a great call, and um, who knows it it could very well uh, indeed be. Um, I think if it if it is indeed the case, they've done this really smoothly. No major story or headline has been made out of it, um, and uh, I think the way it's been handled has been fairly smooth. But I also feel that it's it's a weird situation where you know Dean Henderson is. Perhaps pushing uh, to get that first place. And Man United do value what he brings to the table. And they want to give him a fair first shot. But, you know, at the same time, handle the De Gea situation very delicately. So I do, and this is just my thought, uh, you know, when De Gea went back, it, fe- it felt that there was a little bit more to it uh, than, you know, just him going back and spending time with family.
0: I thought it was a changing of the guard, but then I heard Ole's post-match press conference where they asked him the question on De Gea, and he said, you know what, I've got two fantastic keepers, and you'll definitely see David De Gea again, which makes me believe that, you know what, he's he's just rotating players, and I actually won't be surprised if you see David De Gea in for one of the next two games, whether it's against Granada or Tottenham. So Stay tuned to see what happens next.
1: Absolutely, like it, 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 it's very harsh to have. I, I think Ole even said he currently has two number ones, so it'll be very hard for him. Um, it, it's a, it's a tough choice to just, you know, uh, uh, drop one over the other. But it's, I think, uh, an opportunity that he's giving Dean Anderson, if anything.
0: Yeah. So, so. Okay, that that's it for the starting lineup. Now, United ended the first half down 1-0. I thought it was a pretty disappointing first half, if I'm being honest. United were extremely sloppy in possession. Even though they had about 65% possession in the first half, it definitely did not feel like that. They did not have a single shot on target. And it looked like a team that just got its players back from an international break, and they looked like they hadn't played together
1: for a while. It was clear to see. Uh, what were your thoughts on the first half, Bharat? Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. Like we seemed, uh, we had a lot of possession. We seemed to lack any creativity. Um, the final third, uh, or that final pass, was was missing. Our defense and midfield seemed quite disconnected with uh, with our attack. I think uh, there was no service at all. And uh, Brighton just seemed to have opened up, you know the width uh, a little bit more. So the, the front three of uh, are, are the three attacking mids of, of Brighton with Lalana, Troshad and Gross, they were interconnecting really well, and uh, even though they had less possession, they were making more and more out of it. And we definitely were lacking that bit of spark, which, uh, you know, uh, as we move on to the second half, uh, thankfully came, came in.
0: Yeah, I think, you know what, yes, United were sloppy, but like you said, Bharat, I think you made a good point, Uh, Brighton, you got to give them credit, they played really well, they were tidy in possession, they weren't overawed by the occasion, they had a lot of faith in their principles and the philosophy in which they play the game, and they, they did a fantastic job. Now, second half rolls around, there's definitely a marked difference in the way United are playing what were some of the changes that you saw that made United that much more effective?
1: Yeah. I mean, the, the, the most obvious change, uh, tactically that seemed to have, uh, uh, been discussed was, uh, you know, Pogba uh, starting to move a little bit more forward. Um, I think in the first half, um, he was, uh, he seemed so, so he was scuffing away passes. Um, uh, he, he didn't have a terrible game, but you know, he, not what we had seen just before the international break and in the second half uh, with him sort of being allowed to move a little bit further up front that's what perhaps you know um connected our midfield uh, and defense better to that attack he was able to drive the ball a bit more and uh, that definitely got uh Brighton to also uh, they had to start you know shifting the focus on uh, how they were going to deal with Pogba who was Earlier on in the first half, just sitting, uh, you know, more in a in a static position.
0: Yeah, I think that that was a that was a very big change, Barth, and it maybe gives a little bit more insight into Ole developing a little bit more flexibility in his formation. Instead of a rigid four two three one, it definitely looked like Fred was the whole the only holding midfielder. So it was more like a four one one three one formation. Yeah. Where Pogba was playing slightly in front of Fred but behind Bruno. And I think the way Brighton set up, if you looked in the middle, Bruno was barely getting any space and it almost looked like Basuma was man-marking him. And now when you add Paul Pogba to the mix, it was a little harder for Basuma to pick between Fernandez and Pogba because they're both equally dangerous with that forward pass. And that's where Brighton had a lot more issues. And one of the side effects was now Mopé or Welbeck had to drop a little deeper to be able to defend this United attack. And so whenever Brighton were winning the ball, they had no outlet anymore, which they did in the first half. So I think that was one big change. And I thought that United actually played higher up the pitch. The amount of times we saw Viktor Lindelof in possession in the Brighton half was way more than the first half. And I think this added that press. And United were able to win the ball further up the pitch. So whatever Ole said at halftime worked, I was very impressed because we've seen these lethargic performances before, and it's taken United a while. It's usually taken a couple of substitutes to change the, the mood, and that wasn't the case in this game. Now, breaking down the United goal, Brighton had a giveaway, and that was in part due to Cavani's pressing. Uh, Bruno with a quick fire pass to Rashford, who had a very neat finish into the bottom right-hand corner. Tell us what you thought about that goal for United, the equalizer, Bharat.
1: Yeah, as you said, um, the the first goal was, uh, you know, a period when we were uh, starting to show more authority with our possession, our pressing. This was something that was definitely lacking in the first half. And... uh, Cavani's pressing, you know, got the ball um, to Bruno. I think uh, when Bruno got the ball, it was, you know, until until this period, Bruno was, you know, scuffing a lot of passes. Uh, he was trying a bit too hard. And at this point, uh, as soon as he got the ball, there were several options. There were several things he could have done with it. And I think what really sort of uh, brings to Bruno's g- genius is how comfortable he is and confident with uh, what he can do with the ball so he 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 sort of took the ball down um and held it for as long as possible as he could and released it just at the right time for for rashford I think um rashford uh did brilliantly in opening up his shoulders and you know slotting it in uh to the left side of uh of the of the keeper's hands who um, you know just didn't have enough time to react for it so all in all uh, Great, great play. Um, I think uh, good finish by Rashford. It's something which he's been working on and not necessarily getting every game, but I think he's a work in progress and uh, when we see signs of this, it's definitely encouraging.
0: I think you make a good good point about Bruno because he has that in his locker where he you know tempo is very important to the way United play. If that ball was a little behind Marcus Rashford, he can't hit that first time, right So he played it in the right areas. With the right speed. I was very frustrated watching Bruno. I would say until that point, I thought he gave the ball away a lot. But at the end of the day, if, if I were to ask myself the question, hey, would you want a player that gives the ball away 10 times because he's trying a risky pass and then one of those paying off and resulting in a goal? Or would you prefer a player that passes it laterally throughout the whole game has almost a 100% success rate in passing accuracy? And I'm pretty sure I know which one I would pick. I I definitely would take that player with the risk. I mean, we've seen this time and time again where, you know, a Fred or a Scott pass the ball laterally. We get nowhere and we end up with a nil-nil game. These are the types of players and these are the types of plays that can really make a difference. And that's exactly what happened. It gave United that momentum that they needed to carry on and go for the win. Now, after that goal, Ole made a couple of attacking changes. Uh, it looks like Marcus Rashford is carrying a niggle again. I hope it's not this series. But it seems like he's been injured for a majority of the season from some of the reports that we're hearing. He's just playing through the pain barrier. Uh, Dan James came on, and so did uh, Donny van der Beek. And it wasn't too long after that where United got the winner, what turned out to be the winner. And it was a fantastic ball played in by Luke Shaw into Bruno Fernandez. Who took his time and measured his pass to Paul Pogba on the opposite side of the box? It looked like Paul Pogba missed his shot that went into the path of in the area of Mason Greenwood and Donny Van de Beek. And Mason, with that striker's instinct, dived, got the header in, and beat the keeper and the defender on the line. That was a fantastic goal and a much needed goal to put some separation between us and Leicester City. Uh, did you see anything special on that on that play developing, Barath?
1: Yeah, thank you. You captured you captured it all really well. Um, um, sure, you know he as as people have discussed probably the most improved player from last season. He technically looks so graceful and almost you know as graceful as a swan. Put in a great ball to Bruno. Bruno again, you know uh, was. You got to give him credit. They're they're players who not do as well in in a game, and they let that affect them. And you know, Bruno's first half was something like that. But he just keeps going on and on. He creates so many chances that it's almost a numbers thing, as you said. You know, you you're uh, with all those numerous chances, there's going to be a couple that do that do pay off. And again, he waited right till the last uh, the right moment. Uh, played played uh, played Paul Pogba. Because many other players would have, you know, typically hit uh, in Bruno's position, typically hit, hit it first time with their left foot into the D. Bruno stops the ball, has a look, watches Pogba running in, gives a, uh, puts, puts the ball in for Pogba. Unfortunately, he can't finish it off. And Greenwood, with poacher's instinct, um, uh, good to see him get, you know, some of these scruffy goals because typically he always hits them really clean. Um, and uh, I believe he also said um, at the end of the match that he's been working on his headers. Um, so hopefully we get to see more of uh, more types of goals from from Greenwood.
0: Yeah, you know, I'm really happy for Greenwood. I thought he, over the last couple of months, since his rocky beginning to the season with what happened in the England camp, I thought he's, he's come on leaps and bounds. He's put in good for performances and just hasn't been rewarded with a goal, and that's partly because he's played out of position. And so I was really happy for him that he was able to get the goal today because it's been a while since he's actually scored in the league. I know he scored in the FA Cup. So it's a great uh, performance from him and he deserved the goal. Now, before we get into the awards, Bart, one question I did have for you is, you know, what you mentioned a little earlier, is that Martial got injured while playing for France and it looks like he might be out for the season. Now, does this throw a spanner in the works for United? Because we're now down a striker, albeit a, a misfiring striker that has been out of form for some time. So what are your thoughts on Martial being out for a while?
1: Yeah, this is... Um, it's it's really unfortunate. I think um, you know, Martial's had a tough season. You know, end of last season, he he came off as our top scorer. Um, he played in a role that he... Uh, he was played in a position where he really wanted to play. Uh, of course, this season things were a bit more challenging and difficult. Uh, he's been in and out um, uh, on form and also with with you know little niggles here and there. So it does put a bit more of pressure on a thin attacking lineup that we do have, as now there's more onus on Cavani to be fit uh when when he's been fit he's, he's given in a good game uh but we'll definitely require a lot more uh, out from him but it does also open up a little bit more of um uh, uh, a door on trying i guess different shapes and not i'm not sort of advocating that this is the these shapes are what we should be building our football on but in in these sort of Periods when there is an injury crisis, uh, one does have to adapt. So we do have, you know, um, someone like Donny van der Beek, who is, who is, who no, who's now back in the squad. Uh, he's an attacking player. We have Bruno, who's an attacking player. We have Pogba, who's an attacking player. Greenwood, uh, Greenwood Daniel James are also there. So one can, you know, try experiment with uh, uh, having a combination of uh, all these players if Cabani is not fit enough uh, or able to, to, to play every game. I would say Martial, even though he's been off form, he will be missed if, um, uh, if uh, you know, his injury is indeed something uh, till the end of the season.
0: Now, one thing I know, Bharat, in our conversations offline is uh, you're definitely a Martial advocate. And I would say that my colleague Vivek Jacob, it doesn't feel as fondly about him as you do. And so I would <laughs> love to have that discussion at some point in the future where we have Vivek on the show. And get your opinions on Marcel and Cavani because uh, I know you're definitely in the Martial camp. Uh, you make a good point, by the way, about opening the door. Uh, Ole has definitely talked up Donny Van de Beek, and one thing that we've been asking for is to see if we can get Donny Van de Beek and Bruno on the pitch at the same time. And now with Martial's injury and Rashford, you know, not fully fit, I think this does give that opportunity to actually happen where towards the end of the game, you saw Bruno playing out on the left-hand side and then Donnie playing more through the middle. And now having Pogba on at the same time, I honestly cannot remember having those three on the pitch at the same time because there's always been either Pogba or Donnie who's been injured. So definitely looking forward to seeing what happens in the future with these three players, because you've got a lot of creativity on the pitch and usually when those three are there, I'd be surprised if a game ends without United having at least one goal. Now, Barth, this is the part of the show where we usually hand out some awards. And the first one is a Cantona caller, and it's usually given out to United's best player. Did you have uh, any candidates in mind for the Cantona caller?
1: Yeah, so this was um, like one of those games where... There was no real standout performer for me. I think everyone played close to each other's level. So nothing exceptional, nothing too bad. But if I was to really like pick up maybe one one player, uh, he had a poor first half, scuffed a lot of passes here and there. But I still think his two passes really unlocked um, unlocked Brighton and what led us to our two goals. So I would probably have Bruno in that way. For that for that category um two other players that you know who could who could also be there perhaps and if i was to think would maybe be from our defense and uh, perhaps Maguire and shaw both had uh, great games as well what how do you feel about that
0: yeah you know what initially i was thinking luke shaw would have been my candidate but you make some good points but because bruno fernandez obviously had the assist for the first goal And then I was more focused on Luke Shaw's pass that opened up Bruno. But number one, Bruno made that run, smart run. You could easily have been offside. He wasn't. And then he had the composure to take some time before crossing it all the way to the other side of the box. And so these are the types of heads up plays that we've been looking for, because I would say, especially in the first half, we were guilty of having some pretty poor crosses into the box where we did not threaten the Brighton goal whatsoever. So... You know what i'm actually going to agree with you and say that bruno fernandez was the best player and deserves the a caller nice so, okay yeah yeah so you're, you're one for one so why don't we give it a <laughs> second so the so, so the beckham boot usually to the player that uh, maybe didn't play as well and uh deserves the boot uh, who are you giving that to on the united team
1: so this might be a little bit harsh and uh, there perhaps two people that come to mind uh, i'll i'll give i'll give one person um Perhaps looking at Dean Henderson, our keeper, uh, the reason I'm saying that is I wouldn't even blame him for the first goal, but it was one of those things where I just saw him look a little bit shaky during a a couple of times crosses were given. Um, He didn't seem to have that confidence, and when we moved into the second half, Brighton didn't have any shots on target, so it was hard to see if, you know, he recovered from uh, that slightly shaky first half to to be able to, like, redeem himself, quote-unquote. Um, so definitely harsh for me to say it, but I don't think we had any player that played miserably, uh, like, really bad either. So uh, it's, it's again, one of those things where, on a relative scale, maybe uh, uh, Henderson is, is someone i think of. Who, who do you have in mind?
0: Interesting pick. Now, I I definitely agree with you. I don't think there was any players who stood out in terms of a bad performance. I think everybody were run-of-the-mill and average or better. And for me, the one player who I would say, I'm not sure I agree with Dean Henderson. Yes, he definitely had some shaky moments, especially that one on the corner kick where he, he fumbled it instead of just catching it straight out. And it looked like Brighton... We're trying to ruffle his feathers by putting as many people in the six yard box as possible to make his job that much harder. I think that's something David De Gea is well accustomed to because teams seem to think that that's a weakness of his. So it was interesting to see them employ that with Dean Henderson as well. Another player I thought who was maybe rusty was Edinson Cavani. He's usually known for his energy and his runs. I thought he was... I don't know if it was a case of him not just being on the same wavelength as a couple of other players, but some of the runs he's known for making, he wasn't really making them and giving that option. So I I, uh, I was leaning towards Edinson Cavani as as getting the boot, and that could just be because he hasn't played in a while. So uh, that that would have been my pick.
1: Yeah. You know what here, I'll probably agree with you. Cause I was thinking the Henderson call is a bit harsh and uh, you did hit a right point. Like we didn't see that typical uh, energy from Cavani as uh, you know, he's, he's known to have in terms of his runs. He did look a little bit um, uh, a, a tad off with some of his, uh, his passes uh, uh, as well. So yeah, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll agree with you on that one again one of those things, not, not an obvious contender, but. Um,
0: Absolutely. Now the last award we give out is called a noisy neighbor. And that's usually given out to the best player on the other team. Uh, any, any thoughts on, on this one?
1: There are two players that come to mind. Uh, and this was mostly Brighton in the first half. Uh, or, um, and those would be, one was um, uh, Pascal Gross. Um, I think a lot of the attack from Brighton were coming in on the right, from the right side, and he was behind a lot of those deliveries, which was causing us a little bit of uh, uncomfort in in that first half. And maybe the second player I could think of is is Troshard. Um, He sort of was making a lot of runs through the center and linking up, uh, you know, pulling some of our defenders out of out of position. Um, so, yeah, I think these are the two that, that come to mind. Again, they were pretty flat in the second half, so I can't think of someone that really sort of stood out for Brighton. So, for me,
0: I'm going to go with a different player, and this is someone who's impressed me every single time I watch him. His name is Eves uh, Basuma. He he does the dirty work. He's similar to a Wilfred Ndidi type that plays for Leicester City. Uh I would be very surprised if Suma is still with Brighton after the end of the season. I think there's quite a few people who are scouting him and would love to have him on their team. I've even seen some reports linking him with United. Uh, one thing that I, I, I fancy about his game is he can do the dirty work, but he can also run with the ball forward and have a pass on the end of it. Then again, it's also one thing playing for Brighton. And it's another thing playing for Manchester United because <laughs> was known for that same thing at Shakhtar. And you could see as soon as he came into United with the pressure on and making just one or two mistakes and having a lot of hands on your back, it, it can change the way you play. And that's where those lateral passes come more on, where you don't want to make a mistake and get hounded for it. So, that's uh, true. anyways, I've, I've uh, gone a little on a tangent, but for me, the he. Not only had the tough job of marking Bruno Fernandes and, in some cases, Paul Pogba, but I thought what he did really well was he was able to intercept the ball, especially in the first half, and then he would start a counterattack where he was very clean in possession and he got it to one of his attacking players, whether it was a Welbeck or a you know a Trossad or a Gross, like you mentioned, Bharat. So that's who I was thinking, but um, you know what? I, I could do it either way on this one.
1: You're you're actually convincing me a bit more uh, on uh, uh, on your pick because uh, the more you, you talk about it, you, you're right. Like uh, you know, big uh, a big part of the first half uh, was keeping Pogba and Bruno quiet, and I think summa sort of uh, had a huge hand in that. So yeah, I can I, I can give you that one.
0: All right, awesome, Bharat. So that. Um ends the first part of our show where we break down the brighton game now the second part is we usually give a preview for the next game united are in the europa league they're playing uh, granada in granada uh, for the europa quarterfinals what do you think the lineup's gonna be for united who have to travel to
1: spain yeah that's uh, it's another big competition uh, another big game coming up uh, this week and uh, We're suddenly in an interesting situation because uh, I think when it comes to our, uh, you know, our top four chances of in the, finishing the top four in the Premier League, uh, we are pretty much secure, you know, in that position. And uh, before, one would have prioritized uh, Europa more to get that Champions League spot. Now I feel uh, currently in the Premier League, we seem like we've secured that Champions League spot. I mean, fingers crossed, uh, knock on wood. Uh, but I think we still have, there's still an important reason on winning a cup competition or another trophy. And, you know, we, we're building our team uh, right now from scratch. Um, uh, uh, what, what this team really needs going for itself is starting to win competitions to build that belief and take it as uh, a step, uh, you know, further step. And in order to do that, you've got to sort of then prioritize on the Europa equally. So, keeping that in mind, um, I would feel that we should, you know, still go ahead with a fairly strong starting lineup. Uh, give give this competition a priority, and mm-hmm. so and uh, in net, I think um, there's a good chance Dean Henderson is going to start. Uh, he's been starting most of our cup games, and probably uh, it makes sense not to destabilize that. Mm-hmm. Uh, with our back four I see uh Shaw and uh, Bissaka starting on you know the flanks uh, and in the center Maguire, uh definitely there there could be some debate for uh, Lindelof uh, maybe Bai coming in for Lindelof uh, but then again we don't know right now Bai was not even on the subs bench today is he is he injured or there were some uh there were some reports of him having a bit of a uh, split uh, with, with, with Ole. Hopefully that's not the case. Um, so depending on that situation, it would either be Bailly or Lindelof. Uh, in our midfield, um, so I'm going for a 4-2-3-1. So I think uh, the two uh, in the defensive mid- midfield, I see uh, Scott McDominay come back in since uh, he seemed to have been rested. And a good chance that Pogba will start alongside uh, him again. Now, with the uh, three at top, uh, I see um, Daniel James coming in with it it, it likely that Rashford is injured, Uh, Bruno uh, being at the, uh, you know, number 10 position, and then um, perhaps um, uh, Greenwood playing. So Daniel James on the right, Greenwood on the left, and um, Cavani at at the top.
0: So I think I agree with, with most of what you said. I think, you know... The fact that Scott McTominay was on the bench for today's game, I think he was rested and he will play against Granada. Paul Pogba, I think, is definitely going to get the start again. Fred usually has a pretty good engine. So him being on the bench, it could go either way, but I can't see where he's going to play otherwise. Up top, I do. I actually do agree with you also on the whole priority. I think winning a cup competition is important. And now that we just got eliminated from the FA Cup, it only leaves the Europa League the premier league second is the best we can do i think city are far and away the best team uh, we got to put a strong team out there and i would also favor cavani to start up top it's hard to drop mason greenwood on the bench after his performance today so that's going to be an interesting one i think mason on the left james on the right bruno in the center and cavani and then i could see donny van de peek definitely coming on in the second half so I would agree with you, Bharat. I thought uh, great job on picking the team. I think the Henderson will start as well because uh, it is a cup competition. I could easily see David De Gea coming back for the Spurs game, though. Yeah, that's
1: right. It's uh, it's important to keep in context that there's a Spurs game coming up next week. Um, definitely, maybe one could debate that. Uh, I, I guess the uh, having Donnie in, in the squad would, would be nice to have uh, up play in the middle the middle of the week. Uh, but then, yeah, it depends what sort of, uh, can Cavani play two games in a row? Uh, that's another question.
0: Yeah, and and let's not forget, I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but uh, United d- did get quite the drubbing against Spurs the last time we played with a 6-1 defeat. And so I won't be surprised if uh, Ole would like to get something back when they play each other on the weekend. What are your thoughts
1: on that? Yeah, the, that sixth one was definitely an anomaly. Um, I don't see it. I would be surprised if uh, that scoreline is, uh, you know, anything similar to what happened last game. I think um, uh, Spurs are definitely not necessarily in the best of form. Uh, there seem to be a lot of cracks, and if they want a chance, they would probably uh, need Lamella to do some play acting again. To to get them any results.
0: <laughs> yes, he definitely changed the face of that game with uh, you know that red card. But uh, yeah, no, that's some interesting picks, Bharat. I think uh, that's a, that's a good way to end the show. Thank you so much for uh, for coming on and filling in for Vivek. Uh, definitely enjoyed our conversations today.
1: The same here. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs>
0: uh, a reminder: we are on Twitter and Instagram at Red Couch Manx. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and join us after every match. Reviews and ratings are greatly appreciated. On behalf of Bharat and myself, thank you for listening to Red Couch Manx.